When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Andy Brant Bernard, JB, Mike Bellino, and the Sklar Brothers, Randy Jason. That's right. What's up? I like it. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We are back. Tom Bernard shows Scar- Scar Brothers are in studio. They're at Acme this week. Uh, sold out the 8 o'clock show tonight and tomorrow night. And tickets are going fast for the two 10.30 shows. So you know what I'm saying. Yeah, come on out. Get tickets. Yeah, I mean, really, the, the late show tomorrow night is, like, now really creeping up. So the, one of your shots to see it would be late show tonight, Friday. Late shot, to, late shot tonight. Okay, Take that late shot. Show tonight. Take it. Best shot. Yeah. Best All shot. right. That works for me. Good. There's cool. no question. Good. So things are good. We were just asking a question uh, in the last hour. Mm-hmm. The uh, We're talking about, and, and it just happened to come up, uh, the classic funny movies, uh, the Blazing Saddles yep. and Animal House and Caddyshack and Airplane, yep. and there were a couple more mentioned. Has there been a, a movie anywhere near that funny in the last five years? In the last five years? I would put Anchorman in that category. I always thought the Anchorman movies said, were yeah. just... Yeah, they're up there. I mean, I'm a hu- we're a huge fans of Wet Hot American Summer. That came out maybe 10 years ago. No, it was about 18. Eight, 2000. Wow, was that yeah. 18 years ago? God, in what? five years. Wet Hot American Summer was, in our opinion, just funny from top to bottom. What else has come out recently that was just... I don't think they make those movies. I mean, when Naked Gun came out, that was, you know, again, Very that was funny. from yep. that period of time. Here's here's how important Airplane was. And even in our development and 
in you know and as com- wanting as to be comedians, com- comedians and, yeah. and the type of comedy we loved our parents like they never did this but they invited all of our friends over and their friends over and we had airplane on VHS this was like early early VHS oh god yeah and yeah. we watched airplane with a bunch of people at our house almost like it was like a movie theater and everyone was like it was so fun to watch it raucously with a bunch of people yep. it just was it said to us cuz we never did that with any other movie okay this is important you know what I mean? That was actually they made it important that we watched that movie, and it just was so funny. There's you so just, much. You just watched Napoleon Dynamite with your kid, and you thought that was pretty. I funny. watched Napoleon Dynamite with my oldest More daughter, who's twelve. Funny. More weird, but she really connected with it. Thought it was very, very funny. I did as well, though. I, I did. I thought that movie was very funny. I, the older brother's great. Just the slice of life <laughs> in that. The older brother was so funny. He was just. I mean, everything about the it. Uncle was... The uncles. I met John Grease, the guy who played the uncle, who also, you know, great movie. One of a very underrated, hilarious movie where Val Kilmer was hysterical and was real genius. And John Grease, the guy yeah. who played Uncle Rico, played Laszlo Hollyfeld, the guy who lived in his closet, who was the sweepstakes winner, like the lived in Val Kilmer's closet, in, in Mitch's closet. <laughs> the thing. I mean, he got like there's a system to go down to where he was, and I mean that was. He was he was fantastic. He's been around forever and a really great guy. But he talked about how he when I just met him at this thing, he talked about how much he loved doing Napoleon Dynamite and working with the Hess brothers. Well, um, I've always enjoyed that movie. I heard a and this is weird, but I heard a commentator on the NHL Network uh, on Sirius Radio talk. He talks about how when young people graduate from high school, school his sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, cousins, whatever. He gives them a, a DVD pack of like these are the movies you have, have to, watch to watch so that to you get through life. And it's slap shots, yep. airplane, yep. it's uh, um, blazing saddles, and a couple other movies. I would put Fast Times at Ridgemont High up there as well. I just watched that in its entirety, and I thought, man, this is, every scene is great. Every scene yep. is just. If it's not really funny and it Sean was really Penn's funny, best role. Sean, I mean, greatest role. We yep. we look at that as like I'm sure Sean Penn probably wants to distance himself that you know from mm-hmm. that, but he really captured what it was like to be one of those stoner surfing dudes. He did it better than anyone else. And like, <laughs> think did. about think about how every other movie after that tried to duplicate that character in the 80s. Yep. Like they just tried to reduplicate that character, and you can't. I would do say it. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is up there. I think that in Love terms it. of comedy and in terms yep. of a story and a show, that that's definitely up there. Yeah. I mean, well, now we're at the point where we're trying to show our kids movies that we watched, which is always you sure, you know, you try and do that. You go into that with the highest of hopes. You're like, I'm going to reach into my past and then meet my child in the present. Then we're going to walk hand in hand into a rainbow future to get that never happens. (laughs) They ruin ruin the movie for you movie for you. And it just is like, yeah, they ruin it, man, because they just uh, Jay tried to show his son. I I try to get my son because he was doing Taekwondo. He's nine into Karate Kid. And I was like, let me get him this movie. And I made the mistake of getting it for him on the iPad, which is too much power for the kid. Because with a finger, they can toggle to any point in the movie and watch it over and over (laughs) and over again. (laughs) To the point where you hate it. Yeah, like the the, he loved that all Valley Karate tournament scene at the end, which we all loved. At some point, but now, like I've seen it more than the people who edited the karate. Kid. <laughs> that's right, and you know that's how much that. I've seen it. It's, it's just it's madness. terrible. And and the crazy thing is, like PG movies back in the day, they were like there was no PG thirteen. There was always something in a PG movie from the eighties where you're now going to have to have a conversation with your kids that you didn't. You wanted to wait until they were going through puberty to have that conversation. You're like, oh uh, god, I got to touch with this. PG thirteen, PG in the eighties was like everything that wasn't Porky's. That's you it. Know what I mean. That's, it. <laughs> That's true. So you that got, is true. I mean, thirteen kind of gives you that edge. Do you think that it's just they're they're so afraid they're going to offend someone that movie makers just won't do it? Yeah. I think that's that's a big yeah. that's a big part of it. You can't just I don't think there is that freedom to just go out there and let it fly however you want to do it. It just isn't. I you know what I watched the other day that I that was again I thought hysterical from top to bottom was vacation. The original vacation. There was just that period. I, I mean, I watched Fletch, which I love yes. Fletch so much, yep. but I watched it again with my daughter, and it was good. 
and Chevy Chase was incredible, but it didn't make me laugh as much as, you know, you watch Caddyshack. We watched Caddyshack on a plane recently, and I was like, right. th- their performance in uh, Bill Murray, it, it actually, I always wasn't in love with Bill Murray's performance in Caddyshack until I just recently watched it, and I was like, he is yep. doing so much funny stuff that I just didn't catch the first time around. Meatballs. I loved him in Meatballs. That was a great movie. Oh, yeah. Camp. Summer Camp. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's... but. Very quickly, sure. I just uh, we were in Punta Cana mm-hmm. uh, with a bunch of listeners, and I was flying back. I had to fly into Miami, which oh my god, don't ever go through customs in Miami. It's <laughs> yeah, a horrible it's, experience. it's terrible. Oh, <laughs> hours and hours or whatever. It was an hour and a half, but it felt like about two days. Mm-hmm. Right. But in any case, we're, we're flying back, and. Uh, the flight attendant did a great job. He did a really nice job going around everybody and taking care of everybody and making sure everybody was good and all the rest of it. But he said something, and it just struck me like, this is where we are now in this world that you have to say something like that. Mm-hmm. He's bringing around the cookies for everyone after their dinner. Mm-hmm. And they have a choice of a snickerdoodle uh-huh. or a chocolate chip cookie. I know it's coming. And as he, he said to them... Um, we have cookies here. We have your selection of cookies. You can either have, you may have a snickerdoodle or a chocolate chip, but I don't want you to feel any pressure to choose one or the other because we have lots of them. So don't feel pressured to pick one over the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, now we're if actually. It comes to the day when I start, yeah, yeah. We're sensitive to the cookies feeling. Look, I, I think oh, the snickerdoodle no. shaming has to stop in America. Can we stop shaming the snickerdoodles of America? I mean, let's let's just be a people and let's say all cookies. I'm are staring equal. at I'm staring at a black man right now, and I'm not afraid to say Snickerdoodles lives matter. They do. Yes, they do. They're yes, just as tasty as chocolate chips. They're just as tasty as chocolate, and they deserve the same. I can't believe like who was going to be offended by that? Literally, who is that <laughs> flight attendant trying to protect Tom? I, that, I that I just stared down at my tray table and I didn't it. I didn't want either one of the cookies but I just thought <laughs> if it gets to the point where I'm feeling pressure oh my god which cookie should I take yeah. I don't uh, I can't take it give yeah. me one of both and pressure. leave me alone yeah give one me of both one of both <laughs> and let's just stop talking about this right now yeah I mean I, we have become sensitive which you know is as comedians we're always trying to find the line where's the line and then you got to step over it just to make sure just to keep everybody honest you know what I mean so yeah. where's yeah. that line and and the and the line has moved a lot you know I think people are really Really sensitive. I feel like because of the current political climate, we've lost a lot of like the ability to to make fun of ourselves. You know, people don't admit that they make mistakes anymore, and that's really hard. So I feel like it's our job to kind of either through making fun of ourselves or just literally coaxing out what are the things, the blind spots that people have. We have to like put it out there in in, in the public. Uh, the movie no, Vacation. No yeah. For a short second, put East St. Louis on the map. Oh, yeah, it did. I mean, that is an uncomfortable scene to watch in there. That's something that I was like, all right, that doesn't hold up as well as I would like it to. Uh, but no, it holds up very well. As you can tell, I'm not from East St. Louis. No, no. East St. Louis is still a rough area. Yes, I mean, it is. It's still a very rough area. Like. Yeah. Of the houses that are still standing up in East St. Louis. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, it, it was two things about East St. Louis. Its major export for hookers, a while was... Strippers. No, for a while it was athletes. Yeah. Yes. Jackie Joyner, Joyner Kersey. Kellen Winslow Sr. Winslow Sr. Johnny Poe, mm-hmm. on and on and on. And the other one was at one time they sued the federal government. This was in the uh, early 90s, I think. They sued the uh, federal government. For two million dollars, just to get trash picked up and the street lights turned back. On. I mean, that was not. It was as kids growing up. It was like, do not go over, go there. over there. Just right. don't go over there. I'm sure you heard that as well. Right. Just don't go over there. Right. And, and you know, there are parts that you just have to be careful where where you're going. But I definitely thought that I watched that on scene and I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> I don't know. And you, there's, I mean, definitely there are things you couldn't make today. You just couldn't do that right. today. You really couldn't. No. You get heat. No, and I think 
we were talking about that even though the movie was completely rewritten by Richard Pryor, that there is no way they'd make Blazing Saddles today. Not Absolutely not. You certainly couldn't use the N-word. I mean, you certainly couldn't no. use that in there. That- even though, Even though everyone who used it was made to be a fool. Every single right, person yeah. who used that thing was... The people in the town were infinitely dumber than Cleavon <laughs> Little. Little. Mm-hmm. He was, by the way, and could he was the best. I mean, I, I mean, just take the scene where they, he, take the scene where he meets them for the first time, and he pretends to take himself to hostage, hostage. <laughs> and they all believe it. He's crazy enough to do it. <laughs> Hold it. He's crazy. He just might do he, it. He might just do it. And that that moment is the moment where you're like, oh, they're the fool. Mm-hmm. He is the hero. And right. you kind of see what, right. and you do see what Richard Pryor was trying to do. And it's so funny because I know they wanted Richard Pryor to play that role. They really wanted him to play that role. And I have to say, I thought Cleavon Little, Richard Pryor would have been great because right. he's just great and was great in everything he did. But yes. I thought Cleavon yes. Little was it was a stroke of genius because he was cool. He was yep. great looking. He was, you know what I mean? He was. It, it, that unbelievable mix of handsome and could pull off the comedy. Just hearing him say 15 schnitz and grubens is my limit. <laughs> yeah. That's my limit on schnitz That's my limit on schnitz and grubens. <laughs> Made me laugh every time. Every Fantastic. time. Well, uh, those scenes with just Gene Wilder and Cleavon Little. I well, mean, that one scene where, where he says to him, what do you want to do now? And Gene Wilder says, well, we could play chess. Yeah. We could screw. Yeah. And Cleavon Little goes, let's play let's chess. Let's play chess. <laughs> exactly. Let's play chess. I mean, how great was... Yeah, I, I literally look at a talent like Gene Wilder and just truly unbelievable in that movie. And he just... Everywhere he was. Every single movie he was in during that period of time, he, he just... Lit it up. Lit it up and in a very specific way. He was so specific with the way he acted. It was brilliant. Hey, hey, Tom. But there have to be young actors out there now. There have to be young actors out there now who would be that good, but they just won't let them. No, yeah. no. Well, you were talking about um, Chappelle letting the world mm-hmm. in on why he stopped the show. Well, he really let the world right. in on, on the last thing Special. He, yeah. he did for Netflix. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how he was comparing his life to Iceberg Slim. And I know you've read that. Did you read that book? Uh, mm-hmm. Tom, I know you've read that book before. Yep. And yep. Uh, what he was literally getting to was how it wasn't the fact that black people were getting upset with him about making uh, whites laugh at us. It was his fear that he was being pimped. Well, that so that's... so By, literally, by it, Comedy Central. I can tell you what it was, truthfully, okay? You watch that last special with Dave Chappelle, and Chappelle is someone we know and truly love, okay, as a person and certainly as a comedian, all right? You watch that last special, and the moments where he could just sit with his thoughts, what he was so good about is like presenting like a very real statement and then undercutting undercutting it. it. But he needs that dramatic pause of just sitting there. Now, when he was at the tippy top of his, you know, was he at the very tippy top of his. Uh, game and he was doing his thing he sort of what was crazy is that he like couldn't even he couldn't even he would say like take a pause for a second and is that you in? I don't think that's me is that you? we will be right back we'll We'll take a right back and we'll finish 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 up hi this is Tom if you spend any time at the lake you can relate to hanging out on the dock with family and friends let flow enhance your experience with their rock solid dock systems you see flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Flow boat lifts are a breeze to level using a cordless drill with their patented easy level system. Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. Visit Flow at the Northwest Sports Show at the Minneapolis Convention Center, March 22nd through the 25th. Be sure to ask for the show special, where with a qualified purchase, you'll receive a free three-piece furniture set or free wireless remote. And mention you heard this ad on KQ for an additional $50 off a dock or lift system. To find out more about Flow Systems, visit their website at floeintl.com. Flow Docks and Lifts. 
a better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and those unwanted pounds, they're going fast. Unlike any other weight loss program, Nutramost is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutramost of Plymouth is hosting a free informational dinner where you too can learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client, an owner who played nine years in the NHL and is an agent to some of the NHL's current top players, will be at the dinner. It's Tuesday, April 3rd, 6 p.m. at Jake's City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited, so call 763-333-7337 now to register. That's 763-333-7337. If you will meet me in St. Louis, Louis, meet me <laughs> Thank you. That's very current. It's so current. What's very a, current. Is I that the new fit, Ariana Grande? I want to. I'm a big Ariana Grande. She's from Fenty. Minnesota. All right, so I, I want to finish my thought, which I completely went off track yes. on. But the thought was that, like back in the day when he was doing stand up and Chappelle's show was really big, he would say he would take a pause in one of his stand up shows and someone would yell out, "I'm Rick James, bitch," and you'd say to yourself, <laughs> "He he couldn't." Basically, he couldn't control the show the way he wanted to control it. And you watch no. him in these specials, and he's controlling the tempo. He's controlling the emotion. And as a comedian, that's what you want. You you don't want the pace dictated to you by your audience. That's you why we hate like why people who who come up to us afterwards, and if they were talking in a show, audience members were like, you can't do that at a show. And they're like, why? I was helping you out. I was giving you something to like play uh, off of. I'm like, no, you weren't. Uh, because we have a plan of how we want to do it. And, and the whole audience is involved in that plan. And we want to take a pause here, a real long pause with nobody saying anything. Because it means something to us to take that pause. And so I think stand-up to him at that point, which he loved. Remember, stand-up is what he loved even more than the sketch stuff, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Stand-up to him at that point became the show had made him so famous and to so many people, but people were, you know, and he was a, he was a victim of his own fame. And then he made, did a very sort of dangerous thing for his career and sort of left. And he left all that. It's like when Barry Sanders, like Mm -hmm. left, retired. Yeah. And everyone's like, what, you're not going to play another five, six, seven years. But Barry Sanders might, have his mind. And yeah, Barry Sanders might that. actually be a normal human being and not have to eat his food out of a straw when he's 48 years old right. or 50 uh, years Robert old. Robert Smith, right. too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the point is that, like, he took that, he, he did a very risky move and, and left. And then for him to then come back, come back 12 years later and not only come back, but come back with such strength in these last four specials, specifically the last two specials, and do it exactly the way he wanted, and get paid all that money he left on the table from Comedy Central, but do it from Netflix, and be known for the what he wanted to be known for, the way he wanted to be known for it. To me, much, I'm like, that respect. is so much respect for that. Well, what's interesting about what you're saying is, and, and I, you know, obviously I get up very early in the morning, so I cannot tune in to things I'd love to tune into. But what is really killing it on Comedy Central right now? Because there might be something, but I wouldn't know it. I mean, I think the new show, Jake Weissman, our buddy, his show Corporate, is really interesting and smart. But I don't know that it's killing it. I don't know that it's killing it. I I mean, Drunk History is killing it. Drunk History is killing it. And that is a great show on on Comedy Central. That was killing it. But, you know, beyond that, I don't know what is. I really don't know what is. It's like The Daily Show. I like Trevor Noah as a person. I don't think he is Jon Stewart. Uh, Obviously, they... they, The show's terrible. uh, It's just not Jon Stewart anymore. And so, like, that hurts. And, you know, again... No more Colbert. No more Colbert. That's difficult. And, you know, I even... So, it just is... They're kind of losing out. They're losing out to other stations that have have better stuff. Yes. I think that is true. I I just... The only thing I will say about Trevor Noah doing uh, The Daily Show, and I don't like him on there at all, but at least it's not Steve Harvey who does every other show. (laughs) Yeah, Steve Harvey. Actually, Steve Harvey is going to be doing our late show tonight. I hope you guys don't mind. It's just going to be him with a hula hoop. Just looking at a kid being like, and just twirling around. On a Segway scooter with dead eyes. With dead eyes. 
Honest to God, what does he have? Fifteen TV shows. I'm like, who? Like what? Remember when he sent that memo out? Like, do not look me in the eye. Don't talk to me about. I don't want to hear about what is going on in your life. That's good for morale. Jeez, Louise. I'm like, who do you owe money to? Who do you owe money to that you need twenty five shows? Come on, man. He's got some shows. Man, he's got some shows. Have you ever heard his his morning radio show? No. no. It, I'm assuming he doesn't it, do any of it, right? He just pops in and, and says one thing every hour. Or does he run it? I haven't heard it. He well, he starts every morning off with a with a Christian prayer. Oh, okay. Nice. Which is rather interesting. I mean, good for him. Nothing's, a, nothing's funnier than that. You know. All right, fine. Nothing's <laughs> funnier than a, a good, uh, you know, Hail Mary or That's Our right. Father or whatever. Right. Right. But, but the interesting thing is, if you tuned in, you would not know it's Steve Harvey. Oh, really? Because he is way over the top urban. He's trying way too hard to be down with the yeah. homies, as yeah. they used to say. Yeah. He's trying way too hard. I mean, I think it's like w- JB's the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, at at one point, <laughs> you are really trying way too hard yep. with all this hockey yeah, talk. Right. With all this hockey well, talk, wait, wait till you see this picture that I'll show you before you go. What did you think of that? The when the Blues were in the playoffs and they had the one like they invited the one like African American St. Louis hockey fan who and, had never been to a hockey game before, and he started live tweeting the uh, hockey game. It, and it, that, I didn't see uh, that. There, oh, you go back and watch it because. There is joy, so much joy. First of all, he loves it, and he's never really watched hockey before ever, because let's face it, there just aren't. Uh, to me, if you, there aren't a lot of black players, although there are more black there, players in the league, there are at least one per team now. So now there are more, yeah. But like for years, there wasn't. For years, it was Grant Fuhrer, and that's it. Grant Fuhrer and Pokey Reddick, and that was it. <clears throat> But yeah, like, they were mostly goaltenders. Right. right. Just mostly they were the ones getting the puck shot at them. Right. And so <laughs> it – but now they're like – now there are more and some of the biggest players, P, you know, P.K. Subban, who we right. did we did a comedy show with him. He hosted this comedy show that won an award up in Canada, Montreal Comedy Festival. We got to meet him and you really understood like what a humongous – like he came to Nashville and instantly made them great. Right. He's so like he, a. St- he's like to me. One but of the I just stars think like it's just not a sport that many black people are like. Well, I want to get into this. Well, you'll be like I said. You'll be surprised there. And I'm not kidding you. There's at least one black player, black per, player team. per team now. Some so, teams have two, and some teams have none. Some teams have one. Most teams have one. I think it is really important because it's a whole it's, hockey. Seeing hockey live, I would say to anyone who hasn't seen it live. Get a seat behind the goal. Don't yep. don't sit on the sides. Mm-hmm. Get a seat behind the goal so you can watch how Place, the action happened. Watch plays forms. start. Watch yep. play form. And watch guys jump off the bench and come in. And that whole thing. There is a beautiful art to it, and it is so fast moving. It is. It is. I took my kids, my daughters, who you know really have no hockey basis whatsoever, and they loved it. It was so cool. You know, it's an interesting. It's an interesting sport. I grew up. In a very urban neighborhood, my high school hockey—we didn't even have a hockey team. And then one year we got a hockey team, and we lost every game about seventeen to two. <laughs> it was just horrible, right? You guys so were playing on roller skates, right? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, but but it's interesting. Uh, Cliff and Bo Siegel, two got two friends of mine in the mm-hmm. record business because I, I worked at Capital for a while. Mm-hmm. The Siegel brothers are the ones who introduced me to hockey. I didn't know. I mean, I'm from. I was born and raised in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about hockey because of where I grew up. I didn't know anything about it at all. Well, it was I, to me like the as Blues fans. I mean, we were from the Nor- the old Norris Division when it was the Blues and the North. Right. Oh, when you yeah. had the North Stars and Dino Cicerelli yep. was fighting everybody, and I mean that was mm-hmm. to me that was like old school. It was a great sport. It really was the fourth sport when we were growing up. And and now I put it behind curling. I tell people all the time, in in that in that age, the people I had to listen to. Or you guys may have heard too. Listen to for sports were Jack Buck and Dan Kelly. Jack Dan Kelly did. Yeah. Dan Kelly did hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an ABA team. The Spirits Spirit. Bob Costas. Bob Costas mm-hmm. was the radio person for that. Hall of Famers across the board. Right, and you know. Yeah, that's right. And they're t- these two guys are too young to know, but 
Harry Carey was with Jack Buck in St. Louis. I remember that. Long. I've watched the World Series yeah. games that he called. I, yeah. Harry Carey was great, but Jack Buck was, I mean, Jack Buck was a legend, like beyond, the beyond. The best ever. The best ever. Yep. And, and his yep. call of Kirby Puckett's home run. His, and, 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 oh, and then okay, so, oh, so here's the story about us. So we, his call of Kirby Puckett's game six home run, balls flying out to center field, and Jack Buck says simply, and we, we will see, see you tomorrow, tomorrow night. night. That's all he That's said. All he said. Yeah. And then he let the, the screaming fans and the whole thing play for itself. So then when the Cardinals, when David Freeze hit the home run game six in 2011 for the Cardinals. Uh, this is right after Jack Buck died. His son, right. Joe Buck, who I know gets some heat, but we actually love him and know him well. He says simply, and we will see you tomorrow night, to honor his father. Now, we had just lost our father a year before. And so, same thing, same thing. And that moment, we missed it because we were jumping around and screaming. Our friend (laughs) texted us uh, side by side both those calls, and he said he honored his dad in that moment. And it was, I almost started crying, and I was like, that, how lucky were we that we had in the 80s, in those years where the Cardinals were good. Hey, Cardinals twins, 87. I mean, I remember that yep. series like it was yesterday. And th- we had Jack Buck through those years and Mike Shannon both. Well, the the odd thing of the Puckett home run, I was at that game. Were you really? And didn't see it. Wow, well, how did you not come? see it? My son, who is now 28, almost 29, uh-huh. was a young infant. And we had to. He was a young, as opposed to an old infant. Yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah. an old infant. Yeah. Yeah. They're old infants. Yeah. He um, he was at a one of those, I guess you call it daycare centers, but it was at nighttime. And mm-hmm. if you didn't get back at a certain time, they started charging you like five bucks a minute. Right. That you were late. Yeah. And you're like, nothing big is going to happen in this moment. <laughs> what am I going to miss? No, we were like, it's going extra innings. We got to get. I looked at my wife at the time. We I, mean, I get, don't want to pay an extra eight dollars. So well, we got to uh, get. I, well, we didn't know that. Was isn't that happen. the Jack Morrison game too? No, no. The next game is the Jack Morrison game. Jack Morris. It's right. Jack Morris. Okay. Morris. Jack Morris. Yeah. Morris. Yeah. Morris. Not, not he's, more he's a Red Sox. When did yeah. Michael Bryant he just show up? He in. showed just, up in a suit and he's talking he's calling about Jack everyone Morrison. Morrison. Yeah, Jack Morrison leads him to the doors. Yeah, leads to combination of both. But I'm. So I looked at her and I said, "We gotta go." So we laugh and I stick my key in the car door and, you and just I hear, hear the cheer roar of the crowd wow, from you. the Metrodome oh. and I go, "Oh, that's it!" And she goes, "What?" And I said, the "Twins just won." You knew. You I knew, knew just by from the sound. That's amazing. Uh, I I almost love more that it was your decision to leave and not hers because now you can't be <laughs> mad. Oh, yeah. at her. No, oh, yeah. no, no the hurt. person I've always blamed and been mad at is your son. Oh, your son. It's his fault. But it's like you know, if it wasn't for you being so young, we could have stayed and watched history. Being but. such a young infant. Into deep left center Listen. from Mitchell, and we'll see you tomorrow. Unbelievable. See you. Yeah. Okay, Come now on. get David Freeze's. Now get David Freeze's home run from 2011. From 2011, Joe Buck, and just listen to his call. It is an ode to his father. Everyone who wants to crap on Joe Buck, please stop. He is he is a good announcer. He he's knows an what amazing he's doing. announcer. Well, and people in Minnesota hate him because of the Randy Moss moon yeah. incident. Yeah. Fine. You know what, Randy, Randy Moss. Moss. I watch. <laughs> I watch. I, fine. I watch Randy Moss's, uh, and and really one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. I watched his the Rand University uh, yeah, for thirty. 30. My oh, favorite yeah. moment is how how quickly he glosses over stomping on someone's neck, like just as if yeah. it were something like saying yeah. like Yeah, I just went to the store. He's like, I just stomped on his neck twice, and then that was it. I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, you don't say I just. Here it is. Here we go. Nothing else. We'll see you tomorrow night. Look this. Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. He ah! took the same pause. He took the same, the same pause, pause between we will see God, you. that was beautiful. Tomorrow nice. night. God, and that was, that was probably the yep. best moment of our fandom in, in our adult Tom, uh, sports. these two guys that. right yeah. now believe that Minnesota sports has more going than St. Louis sports. Oh, I do. Absolutely. All the, way. the T-Wolves are so fun, the, and, and they're, they're good, now, and they are yeah. the team of they the future. Are. I actually think in a few years, once Golden State and Houston, sort of their, their players sort of die down a little bit, you're going to see the T-Wolves and the Philadelphia 76ers battling it out. That's going to be the epic Ooh. battle. Are, are you like a sales guy for the Timberwolves? No, no that's, I a call just, I, that's a call I get every year. I, just, I, I am just uh, a fan of the league. I'm a fan of the league, and I and I think that that is the next. That's the next wave. I think the Lakers, the T Wolves, and the 76ers are the teams of the future. Wiggins is going to leave. 
He's not going to leave. Uh, he's upset with the, what's going on with the team. Why, and why would he be upset with a team that's he trending like upward? People. He doesn't like the coach. Well, well, he doesn't like Kibito being yelled could be at. Gone. Well, so he could be gone before Wiggins. That's gone. a possibility. I, I yeah. really do believe it. I believe you've got enough pieces in place that you don't want to mess, mess with, with that. And will that owner let 76ers actually be good? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> he doesn't seem to want to win. It's, he wants not, players not, just not to win. It's not, Tom Dole, it's not James Dolan of the Knicks, you yeah. know what I mean, who like has yeah. that terrible blues band. James yeah. Dolan's blues band. James Dolan's blues so band bad. is a reason for a player not to go to the now, Knicks. I, I listen to James Dolan's blues band. There's like a clip of them playing online, and I'm like, I now get why Oakley wanted to choke you. <laughs> he was doing us all a favor. Like, why did the security stop him? <laughs> no, but I do think Minnesota sports. The twin, the twins are great. The twins are trending. Great, they're, they're, they're trending, trending upwards. They're tr- hopefully they and got a good guys, manager, and they've got some things. But we'll see what happens once they, what the the I pitching mean, look, gets set, and what happens with. The you guys, boy in right like, field. look, you, 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 you traded away your closer, and then you weren't made the playoffs. Like, well, I was you. I'm Red Sox fan, so you know. Well, so, I mean, <laughs> listen, the the Vikings are great. The Vikings got rid of Case Keenum for a more expensive Case Keenum. I love yeah. that. Yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Zip yeah hated that's Case exactly Keenum, right. Though. You went from Mr. Pib to Dr. Pepper. Congratulations. Which, by the way, yes, they're both soda, correct. but I don't know if I'd give a. I'd pay eighty five million dollars guaranteed for one Dr. Pepper. You're right. I know. I so, know. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard here. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Not selling in winter is a total myth. Truth is, buyers are hungry. And while other sellers and real estate agents hibernate, the Chris Lindahl team is selling homes like hotcakes. Chris has done a great job. We have our house on the market with Chris right now, as a matter of fact. And the video he did is amazing. The Chris Lindahl team is America's number one REMAX results team for a reason. They play to win. And they've got the skilled players to sell your home fast. In fact, they sell a home on average every nine hours for over the MLS average. Don't wait until spring to sell your home. Call the Chris Lindahl team at 763-401-SOLD. That's 763-401-SOLD. The first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value, and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. That's 763-401-SOLD. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. I've heard this guy sing before. <laughs> He's pretty good. I did. I saw him out in L.A. when he did like 18 shows at the Forum. Nice. And I had Mary oh, J. Yeah. Blige open up for him. Who Mary J. Blige was in our big episode of Entourage, and we got to meet. We got to meet her and her entourage. She had an entourage with her at the show. And here's this, a great story about it. This so, is, so Mary. So what? What, what was Mike? J, so we played these characters on Entourage in a twin pretty agents. big episode. Tw- oh. Twin agents and my. Jay's Jay my character slept, slept with, with Randy my character's, character's wife. wife, but then they fired Uh-oh. me. But Ari fired me because I wasn't producing as much as him. Anyway, I came in with the complaint. So uh, my character's <laughs> name was Jim, and yours was Jeff. Jeff. Jason's was Jeff, and mine was Jim. Okay, and so we're doing the whole show with Mary J all day, and I, I just want to go up to her at some point and be like, "I love you, and you're fantastic," but I don't want to geek out, and I want to do my job and be professional. <laughs> So end of the day, I go up to Mary J. Blige and I say, hey, you know, it was great working with you today. And it was her last day and our last day of the week. And I said, uh, just want to say just a huge fan. And thanks for making all the great art that you do. And she looked at me and she was like, thanks, Jim. (laughs) And that's neither of our names. And so I just said, I just said. Jason just turned to her and said, said, it's Jeff. Because Uh, because I thought it would be too much to explain to her that. I'm not playing me. We're not real agents. This I is know not, you're playing Mary this J. This isn't Hollywood. This is a set. Oh, my oh God. My it was so funny. It was classic. Oh. Classic. But she was so sweet. But I watched her open up for, for Prince at the Forum. Holy smokes. Was he good. Oh, man. Yeah. The best quite, of the best. Quite the talented young man. Oh, man. He was all right. No getting around it. No getting around it. No sad, getting around sad it. Sad he's gone. Sad he's gone. 
Uh, yeah, at 58 years old, too. That I, I, I tell a story. I brought up the Siegel brothers earlier, Cliff yeah. and Bo Siegel. Yep. Yep. Well, Cliff was at Warner Brothers, and, and Bo was at uh, Electra, Atlantic. And uh, Cliff was around at the very uh, the very beginning of, of Prince's career. When yeah. he was 17 years old, a guy named Owen Husney discovered mm-hmm. Prince. Mm. And I went over to Cliff's house one day, and there was this <laughs> yeah. little tiny black kid there. Yeah, and I walked by and I looked at him. I went, "Hey, how you doing?" And he goes, "Hi." <laughs> I mean, literally, he just soft. Went, Hi. Yeah, that's it. And so that was my big conversation uh, with Prince. That's that, one that of the most people conversation get. with Prince. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's more. Most people yeah, got you, to talk to you Prince. You got but. a lot. So I would, I would look at that and say, "You got a lot out of him." <laughs> yeah. Jesus, amazing. Stop talking, Prince. Uh, that is amazing. I mean, what a what an unbelievable talent. And and I also loved how much he repped. Minneapolis and Minnesota and you know the fact that he had Paisley Park out here the fact that, that he re- played first recorded half. so much you know our buddy Harmar Superstar who is a great musician sure. and great from this area yep. we were just hanging with him last yep. night he's he's moved back here he lived in LA for a while lived in New York for a while and he's moved back here and funny I, dude really funny, funny guy. guy smart guy and the truth of the matter is in my brain, I'm like, Prince made it okay for musicians who normally would live on the coast to live here and do their music here. You kind of say, well, Prince did it. Why can't I? You know what I mean? I think that's amazing that he actually made it cool to even live here and, and do your music here. Yeah. And him and, and Timmy, or uh, uh, Lewis and, uh, what's the other guy's name? Why am I? Jimmy Jam, Jimmy Jam and Terry, Terry Lewis. Lewis. Sure. They, they had the two studios oh, yeah. that oh, made yeah. a difference, and, oh, yeah. and it created a really good environment for musicians here. People right. would come here to live mm-hmm. to yeah. do mu- to do their music, and wear big coats like that. So they were warm. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> I'm so cold. He's sitting here here in a park. Jam, I, look, and by the way, I know that like there are people out in Minnesota today like wearing shorts. You know what I yes, mean? Like, there are. A baby yeah. heckled me and Jason the other day. I was like, "You guys are wussies." I'm like, what? Why for wearing gloves? I'm like, "You're three. Get out of the stroller." and start walking okay lazy not a, lazy god come on man yeah but it's going to be 67 degrees back in st louis today. it is true. it is it's supposed to be 50 tomorrow i can imagine just people with their shirts off oh, it's yeah. going to be crazy yeah. here it'll be nuts every time when you know i talked earlier about working for capital records i was from 77 to 82 and st louis was part of my territory yeah and i used to and it's still there because i was just in st louis <laughs> last year I used to go to Tony's all the time, man. I love Tony's. Tony's was one of our favorite places. That's that where we pizza? went on our. Oh, si- no, no, no. It's a beautiful Tony's. restaurant, and it, that's where we went on our 16th birthday. Is when Tony's the one where the maitre d walks backwards up the stairs? Yeah, because yep. yep. he never wants one. to turn his back on you. That's wow, really cool. a brilliant yep. restaurant. Oh yeah, he, great he detail. He walks up the stairs. <coughs> what kind of restaurant is it? Italian. Italian. Italian, great Italian oh, food. I mean, incredible Italian food, and I'm sure you went to Ted Drew's when you were there, the best frozen custard in the world. But uh, yeah, you, I mean, we we have such great memories of of St. Louis growing up. It was, and we love taking our kids yep. back there. They actually love going back there. Take good barbecue in St. Louis. Yeah, there's a great new restaurant called Salt and Smoke in the okay. Loop, which is next. Unbelievable. You know, you know where the Loop is, right across from Blueberry Hill, Tom, and it's, right near a Vintage Vinyl Records, which is a great record. Great record store. Blueberry Hill is in U City, though. Blueberry Hill is in U City, and that's where this play, the Loop. Yeah, yeah, Del Mar. It's and that's a cool little area. I love it. I mean, it's not uptown. It's not Embers. Is Embers still open? (laughs) No. No. Late night at Embers. embers. No more Embers. I told... I did tell, tell JB they have done an amazing job with the riverfront in St. Louis. Oh, yeah, they, yeah they, get, they get rid of the McDonald's boat. I didn't realize that. Remember the old McDonald's <laughs> riverboat? I worked on that thing. You worked on that boat? For a summer. You? Yeah. What'd you do? It's a, it's a McDonald's restaurant. Right. And you worked in the McDonald's restaurant? Yeah. Was, I didn't know you worked for he McDonald's. Worked, he worked up in the paddle through. <laughs> I didn't know you were a Ray Cook guy. Uh, yeah, I used to no turn in late. No one got my paddle like through joke. I uh, know. But cooking is... Calling someone a cook at McDonald's <laughs> is like... It's like, calling Mc, it's like calling McDonald's a restaurant. <laughs> McDonald's is not... If the tables are nailed to the floor, it's not a restaurant. They, every, if there's pictures of the food on the cash register, it's, it's not, not a, a restaurant. restaurant. Every 4th of July... Every 4th of July, they would uh, set... <laughs> National records for the for the amount of food sold in a in an hour. Yeah, because the fireworks are right above it, right? right? An hour, a day, a weekend, and a week. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. people just because they'll in and out. Because what do you time. what do you want to add to the experience of eating bad McDonald's food? Explosion on water. That's right. An explosive diarrhea. <laughs> explosive <laughs> explosive <laughs> diarrhea. Fireworks style diarrhea. Very negative. It's like, it's nice. like Tom, very negative. Tom, I showed them the photo of. Me playing goalie with your mask on. 
Yeah. With your face yeah, on my, got my face on his mask. Is that unbelievable? That is terrifying. It's it, kind of a great. It's it's a way to honor you. Yes, <laughs> I think it's nice that's, right. that's the way nice. I look at it. Right. Yeah. It's an ode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know. You know, Jim, Mary Blige was right. <laughs> it's Jeff. It's Jeff. It's, it's Jeff. Jeff. Thank you. It's yeah. Jeff. It's Jeff. Uh, exactly. That's fantastic. Thank you. You know, I, I love when when people come on the show and we talk about we talk about different parts of the United States because people don't do that, and I don't know why. I will tell you, there are only two places I've ever been in the United States that I didn't really care too much for. Now, there's some places I've never been, so I don't know. Look, New Orleans is an okay town. I'm yeah. not knocked out by it, by it, like most people. Yeah. But some people just love New Orleans. It's just not... I tell you what, though, they're, they're, the food is fantastic. It's unbelievable, and that, I love the was, attitude of the pe- the attitude of the people. It's just so loose with everything. Well, last time we were in New Orleans, we're checking into our hotel in the French Quarter, it's like a Marriott. Okay, this is part of like a yep. big chain. chain. This isn't a mom and pop thing. And we're at the desk, mm-hmm. and the guy checking us in is like, "You guys want a beer?" And I was like, yeah. "Yeah." So he reaches down and pulls out a cooler and opens it up, and he's like, three, three bucks." I was there can, the cans of beer, I'm like three bucks. I'm like, "There's a bar 50 feet from here that the does the hotel know that you're selling this? This is like you got a side hustle." Our favorite, oh, yeah. Orleans, our favorite game in New Orleans is to play uh, drunk or injured because usually like, there's why like, is that guy limping? Is someone's he drunk limping. Or injured? He's either drunk or he's injured. That's or both describes most people in the French Quarter at two a.m. My two favorite sightings in New Orleans were uh, we're standing there on the sidewalk and suddenly Jesus came by dragging a cross. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was cool. Exactly. And then seeing an 80-year-old stripper. It's yeah, just something you just never see. Just, <laughs> oh, I know. She's trying her best. She, she's trying her absolute oh, best. man, that's bad. Ma'am you, yeah. ma'am, you drop something on your fl- on the floor. It's both of your breasts. Oh, yeah. Uh, there you go. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> they weren't. The Scarborough brothers were not happy that I referred to the hill, though. Yeah, the as Dago. As Dago. Yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't, yeah. can't do that anymore. I mean, so Tom, no you will love you will love this project that we did. I don't know if we talked about it on your show earlier today, but we have a project coming out on Audible.com uh, this yeah. April fifth. Yep. Uh, called Scars and Stripes, where you know we went to ten cities over the course of thirteen months, and whenever we go in to do stand up in a town, we like to try and experience as much as we can of that town. It sounds like you did that when yes. you were at Capitol. Yep. You try and experience as much of the yep. town as you can, and then we try and write comedy about it. So we set ourselves the challenge: plan lands on Thursday. Can we write ten minutes of material about this place by Saturday night? So you hear us kind of go through the experience, what we're experiencing in the moment, wow. and then how do you turn that idea into a funny thought? Into a joke into a fully fleshed out bit on stage. And then we interview people after the shows and ask them if we got it right. So we did 10 chapters. Each chapter is about 30 to 40 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes, uh, 10 cities. And then at the end, it's a full audio book. And then at the end, we'll pull the six six most universal minutes of stand-up out of each city, and we make a comedy album. It's called Sklars and Stripes, the tour tapes. So that's coming out on April 5th on audible.com. And it is... But it's all the stuff we're talking about right here. It's everything you're seeing. So we went... Yeah. To, so yeah. what was amazing is the very first week and we did was San Diego the weekend after the election. Oh, so, so what happened was what then followed is probably the most tumultuous year in American history that I can remember and where most people retreated to their bubbles. Mm-hmm. If you're a liberal, you went to your liberal bubble. If you're a conservative, you were in a conservative bubble and ne'er the twain shall meet. We, as comedians, we got to, when the, you get the call, you got to go and perform there. So here were the states we went to in the in And the that cities year. we went and to. We went to Portland. We went to San Francisco. We went to San Diego. We went to Tulsa, Kansas City, St. Louis. Houston, Bloomington, Indiana, Madison, Wisconsin, and Denver, Colorado. Okay, so a bunch of red states, some red cities in red states, some blue cities in red states, Mm -hmm. some purple cities in purple states, and then some blue states. So we were all over the map, and we really got a chance to see kind of what everybody was dealing with. So it is an unbelievable timestamp on this crazy year as to how we're Americans dealing with it. And truthfully, our goal was, can Can we we make everyone laugh? Can we make everyone laugh just by pointing out what's so ridiculous about each town and and what are the blind spots in every city? And and I feel like we did it, but it was definitely a definitely a a huge mountain to climb at times. Cool. Oh God, there's no doubt about it. We we were talking about yesterday the fact that uh, Stephen Hawking died. Stephen Hawking did on Division Bell. Yeah. Did the song Keep Talking. He did narration on it. Yep. And just listening to that after all these years, that was twenty was it twenty four years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and and he he said all we have to do is keep talking, and tw- that was twenty four years ago, and that's that's the last thing we do now. We don't talk to one another it's anymore. It's crazy. We're either on social media, yep. or, or or we just won't talk. There, there's no. There's no forward progress any longer because we don't talk to one another. I hate that, and I'll say this. When we were in Bloomington, Indiana, we were walking around the college campus where you'd expect people to be talking to each other. Everyone was on their phone. No one was looking at each other. Uh, hundreds and thousands of kids silent on the campus. Yep. Just shuffling their you feet. Go, if yep. you go to like where my kids play on their playground of their school at nine years old before they have phones... It's the loudest thing you've ever heard. It's right. like a concert. It's kind of beautiful yeah. in that way. And that's why I actually love yep. doing live comedy, to hear a room full of people laugh at something collectively. collectively. And they're not looking on their phones. They're focused up at one thing. And it becomes a group experience. That is, to one me, of the last. I think one of the, it, it's great that we can still do that because I, I never want to lose that. It's just so fun. Yeah, I think that I think it's a wonderful idea. And look, I've been a fan of you guys for a long time. You know that. Thank I love you having great you on. Great to us. Thank you. Because what's well, it's very intelligent uh, comedy. You know, it's just you're not prop comics. No, <laughs> no. we're not going to see start. the not, watermelon break in there. No, no. there's no Gallagher. I don't action. have to wear a suit tomorrow no, night. No, you don't have to no. wear a baggie in the front row. <laughs> Although he said, wouldn't it be funny if like Gallagher, the comedian, like bequeathed his act to? The Gallagher brothers from Oasis. That would be a <laughs> How great would it be if at their concerts they were just <laughs> smashing watermelons? Are those fantastic. the lead guys yeah, from Oasis? Yeah, yes. Because the one brother the used to get high and go upstairs and scream. And the other at the one band. sang the song. He'd, he'd scream at the I, band. I saw that documentary. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable indeed. I love the fact that you went all over the country and experienced different things. One of the most amazing things, I think the most amazing thing, and it, I, you probably had to be there, but I had some business to do in Biloxi, Mississippi Biloxi. one time, mm-hmm. several years ago. We've been there. So I fly down to Biloxi, and I am at the Beau Rivage, which is a very, very nice uh, casino, resort right? casino. Yep. And I, as I'm walking up to the desk, there's this stunningly beautiful Asian woman behind the desk. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's just it's stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, very clearly Asian. I walked up. And she says to me, and I quote, how y'all doing? Y'all checking in? <laughs> like, what the hell? It's brilliant. But it, it's amazing. It's brilliant because it happens. She's there. That's where she grew up. But you, you, I never considered that to be a possibility in the world. <laughs> so I learned something new that day. You, and you have to get out I mean, wasn't Biloxi, Mississippi, where they have the best yes, so Vietnamese? There's, there's a Vietnamese grocery store. A family that, that a yeah, Vietnamese family is, that yeah. owns it. That, down owned, to, that makes sandwiches not far from that casino that you just mentioned. <laughs> the banh mi there. It is steak banh mi sandwich that I had there is one of the best. Yeah. Like wow. Vietnamese dishes I've ever had. Blocks nice. in Mississippi. Unreal. You guys are as good as it gets. Thank yeah. you, brother. Tonight Thank you. at Acme. Tomorrow night at Acme. The tickets are selling very, very quickly. April 5th, you said. April 5th is right when Sklarzy Stripes. Stripes comes out on Audible.com. You can pre-order it now if you go to the Audible.com page. Always a great time. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, Thanks Tom. Tom. Appreciate it. We'll be back.